and welcome to Literacy Matters. I'm your host, Cheryl Lundy-Swift, and today I'm here with Cece Bates, author of Interactive Writing, Developing Readers Through Writing. Cece, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Cheryl. It's great to be here. Awesome. So glad to have you here talking about uh, your book uh, as well as we really just want to know a little bit more about you and your literacy journey. Sure. I started out as a primary grades teacher. I started teaching half-day kindergarten. I helped uh, at the time the state I was teaching in transition to full-day kindergarten. I've taught first, second, third grade. I've worked as a literacy coach. And really, I, I thought I need to go back and learn more about children who are having difficulty learning to read and write. And that's what kind of started me on the path to pursue a PhD. So I... Um, Went back to school, got a PhD in language and literacy, and um, worked for years uh, with teachers, problem-solving practice, and about 13 years ago, landed at uh, Clemson University. I'm now a professor of literacy education. I also work as the director of the Early Literacy Center for South Carolina, so we work with school districts around the state, and one of the highlights of my job is that we have a reading clinic here, and so I still, on a daily basis, get to work with students, and that really helps ground my work with teachers um, and is, I think, the most meaningful part of my day. So about, um, I don't know, 18 months ago or so, I, I worked on a book called Interactive Writing, Developing Readers Through Writing, and I've taken kind of those experiences that are part of my literacy journey and kind of drew on those experiences to create a text for teachers. That is fantastic. And this book has lots and lots of strategies that are really practical uh, for teachers to implement. So I'm super excited to get a little bit into it. I know you talk a lot about concepts of print in your book. Could you tell us what it is? Like concepts of print, it sounds a little weird. What is it and why is it important? Sure. Well, the book does talk a lot about teaching foundational skills through interactive writing and concepts of print is one of those real foundational skills because we know that children can't decode until they first understand how print works and that there is a connection between what they are saying, what's coming out of their mouth and what they're seeing on the page. So interactive writing is a practice where children are working with the teacher to create and negotiate and get down on paper, uh, a shared experience that they have had together as a community. And so in the process of getting that experience down on paper, these what may seem as kind of dis discrete skills, these, these concepts of print really become a coordinated series of understandings for young children that help them in turn learn how to decode and comprehend written text. So when we think about concepts of print, it includes this understanding of the concept of space and how that yields toward concept of word, right? Because the stream of speech for young children, there's no definite there, there's no definition from one word to the next. So oftentimes when you look at young children's writing, it's strung together because they don't yet have that, what is a phonological understanding of that the stream of speech is broken up and defined by words. And in turn on paper, mm -hmm. that is presented with white space, 
So that notion of understanding space and concept of word and how that yields to an understanding of one-to-one -one correspondence or voice-to-print match. It also includes basic understandings about our language, English, the English language, that it works from left to right and top to bottom, so the directional movement of print, and also things like the difference between a letter, a word, and a sentence, and also at the basic sense, punctuation, how we use punctuation to break up language and create meaning. I love this idea that you're mentioning that concepts of print is really this kind of coordinated series of understandings. And it's not just one thing. I think that's, that's really great. So what, what would you say are some instructional uh, kind of strategies that students and families can use to effectively teach concepts of print? I think the best way is to expose children to text, right? So the more we interact intentionally around text, the more children develop understandings. So even birth to age five, as families are working with children in the home setting or in a daycare setting, that engagement with text shows children how print works. And they then begin to develop those understandings on their own. So foundationally, that it's not actually the picture that carries the message that enriches our understanding of a text, but it's the print that carries the message. So in a family setting, if I am reading aloud with a child in my lap, just tracking the print, that same uh, concept, you know, in the late 70s, Don Holdaway took that and that lap book experience and came to develop shared reading for classroom teachers. So the, the use of an enlarged text, whether that's big book format or a digitally enlarged text on a smart board, but really using those texts to show children how these discrete skills come together, you know, in an orchestrated way and how that guides and governs our engagement with text. Um, Interactive writing is another way to do that because ultimately what we're doing is we're creating text with children. So while we are taking these ideas with children from this shared experience and getting that down on paper, we're then when we're finished with those texts going back and engaging in the rereading process and those interactive writing texts in turn become shared reading texts. Really also helps children see the connection between oral language and written language. So I have an idea, I can get my idea out, I can talk about this idea, I can craft this into um, something that I want to share with an audience and I can get it down on paper. And when we're finished, we can go back and reread it. And through that sequential process, children see these skills in action and take on those deeper understandings. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So this interactive writing and interactive reading, um, you know, really does support what you're talking about, the concepts of print. But what does that look like? What are some activities or tools that teachers can use to, to really um, support concepts of print? Sure. So if we want to think about first, like just understanding one-to-one -one correspondence and really, you know, we could break it down. We could talk about the directional movement of print. They're all related, right? So it's kind of hard to tease them out into these discrete skills because one without the other doesn't really get us anywhere. Uh, but if we think about just hand-over-hand -hand tracking. So if I'm working with a group of 25 
kindergartners, you know, I'm always looking for ways to get them excited about coming up to a chart to engage in rereading and using fun pointers, um, you know, things that light up, things they want to get their hands on. Mm -hmm. um, those are the kinds of tools that I want to have ready when we're going back and engaging with text, because then when I call kids up, all eyes are on that chart. And when all eyes are on that chart and I've got a child standing beside me and I position them and show and demonstrate how to clearly and crisply point under each word, children then begin to make the connection that, oh yeah, what I'm saying is what I see on the page right now. And until they can make that connection, that one word coming out of my mouth matches one word on, on the page, they can't yet begin to take a closer look at words to begin to capitalize on the letter sound connections that they may have made elsewhere, um, knowledge about the alphabetic principle that's developing. Once that one-to-one -one correspondence is established, they can begin to leverage those other skills in written text. That's a, that's a I, I, I really didn't think about pointers and and things that light up as being something, but that's that actually would be engaging for for a student. Oh, sure. definitely. And even things like, you know, using colored yard sale dots just to show children when they don't understand where to start on the page. Like we're going to put a green dot here because most children understand that green in some way, shape or form means go. Right. Sure. And that red means stop. So when we're working about on left to right directional movement across a line of text, putting that green yard sale dot just as a signal to say, this is where we start and we go from left to right. And when we get to the red dot, we stop and we start on the next line where there's another green dot waiting for us. So some of those kinds of, of strategies, visual reminders, demonstration, talking about how print works. So whether it's in a classroom setting or at, in a home setting, that language around print is really powerful for young children. That's fantastic. Now, you talked about really understanding the difference between, for example, a letter, word, and sentence, because as you mentioned, kids don't have, don't know the difference, right? You know, we, we talk about, like, for example, the, the term, let's eat cake. In children's mind, it's all one word, right? But we know that those are separated. How do you teach the differences between a letter, a word, and a sentence? That's a great question, Cheryl. And so just like you said, um, you know, we're thinking about both concepts about print, but also phonological understandings. So those are coming along side by side. You know, we can talk about foundational skills, you know, separate, but ultimately just like these kind of discrete skills with that would fall under the umbrella of concepts of print, foundational skills are also going to interact much in the same way. So the phonological understanding has to come alongside, right? They have to be able to, if we've been on a field trip to the zoo and we're going to sit down and create a text, that shared experience about our trip, we might start out by talking about, you know, what do we want to get down on paper? And it might be as simple as we went to the zoo. Okay, that's our first sentence. Sure. So really unpacking that with children. Okay, let's say the sentence again. We went to the zoo. Let's clap each word this time as we say it. We went to the zoo. And then I might simultaneously be at the chart with a pen in my hand. And as they are clapping each word, I'm drawing a line 
that's representing visually, that there's going to be a word here for each word they hear as they clap that and demonstrate that phonological understanding of being able to hear words within a sentence. Now we're going to see how that phonological understanding connects to the visual information in print. So starting with those lines, they can see, okay, here's we. Right. And then there's white space. So that concept of space, leaving that space there so they understand. You know, a lot of times in classrooms, we see teachers use two fingers, or, you know, I've seen spacemen clothespins that allow children to, you know, put down and create that space. So any of those kinds of exaggerated um, ways to emphasize that we're putting a word down, and then there's clear space, and then the next word, and clear space. That really helps children connect those phonological understandings to those visual understandings. So right there, we're beginning to unpack, you know, what it means to see words, um, letters, wor uh, form words, words form sentences. So those initial understandings are coming under control, but then taking kids back into text and having them actually find things. Mm. So again, pulling on those, those pointers, um, using highlighter tape or markers and having children come up to the text. And for example, uh, find a letter you know, um, find a letter in your name, um, come up and circle the word the, or circle the word zoo. Um, what's the first letter in the word zoo? What's the last letter? So that concept of first and last is also really important for um, understanding how print works. Yes. So those are some examples. I think the other thing is really capitalizing on children's names, mm. right? So you know your name. It's, it's the first word that typically children learn in print and recognize in print, it's, it's super meaningful and important to them. Yeah. And Cheryl is only Cheryl when the letters in your name are in a certain order. So mm -hmm. it begins to also establish an understanding around um, sequential order for words, right? So Cheryl, Cheryl, but only in this sequential order. So the letters have to be in a particular order. Um, it also helps establish direction. So, you know, it works from left to right. And it also helps children unpack um, understandings around letter orientation, right? So um, you all at Learning Without Tears know well the importance of, of handwriting. And part of that is to help with letter recognition amongst letters that are very visually similar and not just B and D. But if we think about letters like N and U and R and M, H, those are letters that one small movement changes. If I orient the letter, you know, and I turn it 180 degrees, all of a sudden I'm taking an N and turning it into a U. So the, the constancy and stability of working around a child's name also helps with understandings that are foundational to those basic understandings of how written text works. So direction, that notion of direction, orientation, and sequence also come into play when we are helping children unpack the difference between a letter, a word, and a sentence. And I think most importantly, again, it's being intentional with our language, how we're 
sharing in that conversation in that space with children about what we're doing mm -hmm. at the chart or in in a text sure. and really helping them understand and the connection and the reciprocity between oral and written language between reading and writing i love that name connection because name as i we always say at learning without tears is in fact one of the sweetest sounds uh, that a child can hear, but also some one of the most beautiful things they get to see and build and write on their own. And what a great way to really reinforce, again, you know, writing, but also concepts of print when we think about this. That's fantastic. Um, thanks for all of those strategies that you listed. Now, you know, I, I'm a t-shirt person and I love to get these really cool t-shirts. And as a uh, ELA person, I love the t-shirt that reinforces the importance of punctuation. So there's one statement that says, like on, I have a t-shirt that says, let's eat grandma without a comma, right? And the other statement says, let's eat comma grandma. And underneath it, it says punctuation saves lives. I love it. <laughs> it's a great t-shirt, right? It's a funny way to really reinforce how critical punctuation mm -hmm. is in conveying meaning. So how can teachers teach punctuation effectively? Well, I think I'm really partial to interactive writing. You know, that's why I spent um, a, a year out of my life writing about it, but not just because I'm interested in composing text with children, but because it develops reading um, skills. Okay, so it's a way in through something that makes sense to children, right? So naturally, they've got a lot to share. We know if you ask a child about anything, they're going to just, you know, run on and on about you know, something special happening to them or some event. And again, that's that kind of creation of text around shared experience and how that contributes to developing a classroom community. But as we create those texts, we're able to help children see how we punctuate mm. language. Sure. Really, that's where the rubber hits the road. If yeah. we go, I believe if we go into punctuation from text first, it's kind of ambiguous and maybe a little arbitrary for kids, right? So what we really want to do, I think with punctuation is make something that is a little ambiguous, well-defined. Mm. Wanna help children see how punctuation works. And when we punctuate language during interactive writing, children see or students see in real time how language works yeah. from oral language to written language. And as we go back then and read that language, they've already parsed it into meaningful units in their conversation. Okay. So when we punctuate it on paper, they already know where the natural break is going to be. So it helps them begin to understand, for example, when we put a comma in, instead of just saying we went to the zoo, if we said last week, we went to the zoo. They begin to see how to group words into meaningful units and phrases. We know that fluency is a huge part of, of reading and punctuation feeds into that directly, but it's also just a basic concept of print. So helping children understand what those punctuation marks mean, hmm. getting them involved in creating an anchor chart, for example, that provides some student-generated definitions around punctuation marks. I like to have kids make up hand signs with me. So, you know, when we get to the end of a sentence and we're going to add a period, you know, what, what kind of hand sign can we use to help us remember that we're going to stop there and take a breath? 
right? And oftentimes they're just going to put their hand out like a stop sign. It's just natural, right? Yeah. So that's another way to, to get everyone engaged when we're working on these charts and when they see that period and we're going back and we're rereading. I put my hand out, they put their hand out. And early on, we might take an, an exaggerated breath. Sure. You know, ultimately, we're not going to be doing that day after day after day, because we want that to go underground and for them just to know that's a natural place where I stop and take a breath. But early on, the exaggeration of that, you know, much in the way we were talking about, you know, the two finger spacing, I don't want to see a third grader putting two fingers down to create a space as they're writing. That's something that we're going to phase out. But early on, it's a visual reminder that this is what we do when we get here, whether it's spacing or punctuation. So, you know, we can talk about what do we want to do with a question mark? What do we want to do with an exclamation point? So getting kids involved in that, hey, this is what this means. Let's get this down on an anchor chart. How would we describe what we do when we come to a period? So it's in language that kids have had a hand in developing. And I think that furthers that understanding so that when they are in text, and this goes back, I think, to the title of the book, Interactive Writing, Developing Readers Through Writing, right? So here we're going to do it around our own language and shared experience. So it's already grounded in meaning so that when you see it in text, you you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of working in the opposite direction and just sharing text with them and expecting them to take this on, they're first going to see it unpacked around a meaningful and shared experience through interactive writing, and then translate that into their developing understandings of what they do when they read. That is phenomenal. You know, I hear you using uh, two words, and I would love for you to tell me if you think there is a difference between interactive writing and shared writing, or interactive reading and shared reading, or are they the same? That's a great question. So there is definitely an evolution around interactive writing that that kind of stemmed from language experience. And we've been around in education a while. So you probably remember the let true language experience, which is I'm going to scribe and children are going to just share everything because it's about developing language. So uh, Maura McKenzie came along and took that and molded it into a shared writing experience where we're still encouraging language, vocabulary, this kind of creation of of, um, text through sharing of ideas. But now as the teacher, I'm coming in and I'm helping mold that a little bit to create a readable text Mm -hmm. so that when we engage in the shared reading process, it's a text that's well within their control given the age range and um, students that I'm working with. Interactive writing takes that to the next step and really invites children to come up and participate at the chart. So as we punctuate the text, I'm handing that pen off and calling a child to come up and add the period or to add the quotation marks or talking marks so that there's interaction, um, but also interaction in the way we revisit text. So during the rereading process, as I mentioned, having children come back up to the chart and find a letter that work, you know, starts the same as your name or find the high frequency word the and put a draw circle around it. There's ways that we can get them to interact with the text afterwards as well. Sure. Shared reading um, really is that same concept of we're sharing this task 
right? So I'm coming in and I'm using it as an opportunity to teach, um, but it's highly participatory. It's not a read aloud where I am the one reading a text. And, and it's a different type of text, right? So it's gonna lend itself to the skills and concepts that I'm trying to teach. And I'm inviting children to participate in that experience with me. Interactive read alouds are a little different in the sense that I'm selecting a text and I am perhaps going to model how I might use um, um, context to define a word that I'm not familiar with. So I might plant, um, you know, I read the text ahead of time. I think about a, a new um, a word that I think is going to be unfamiliar to the children. And I'm going to teach them how thinking about the story can help me define the word, right? Because with young children, they're not going to a dictionary to look up the word hedge. But yeah. if I say, hmm, that's similar to like, you know, what do you have outside? Um, what do we have outside the school building? Like when we go out to the playground, we have these things and we, we walk by them every day. And I say, be careful. Um, you know, there's a, a, a nest, a bird's nest in the bushes and we may stop and look at the bushes. Well, this is just like that, but it's the word hedge. And that may be a word you're not familiar with, but I can think about what else is happening in the story. And that can help me define that word. So mm -hmm. Interactive read alouds allow the opportunity to use more sophisticated text and introduce children to concepts, but I've planted those along the way and intentionally designed those things. Sure, I love that. Um, I had an opportunity to do, uh, to have that modeled by Deborah Reed um, <laughs> in, in a workshop together. She, she did that so beautifully with, with a lovely book. So when we think about books, for example, teachers and families often ask for recommendations on books and tips, um, how to select the right ones, for example. How can teachers and families select books that are supportive of teaching concepts of print? Well, I think for families, just to get started there, the most important thing to do is to just really, yeah, I'm a big believer in the library. Um, I think having children be able to actually select books that they want to read is an important part of a child's literacy journey. So just the, the engaging in text. Um, I'm, I'm not as particular about books in the home, uh, although families can certainly track, um, can help children begin to develop the understanding that the print carries the message and not the picture. Um, and just those simple interactions begin to help children see that text is organized following a specific set of rules. So that can develop very early, you know, I mean, even at nine months of, of age, um, infants, you know, if you've got a child on your lap that's been read to, you can say, turn the page and they'll turn the page. Sure. Um, I can hand a, a, you know, a toddler, a book upside down and they will orient that book correctly um, if they've had some of those experiences in the home. Um, but if they haven't, those are experiences that we're going to develop when they come to school or come mm -hmm. to child, the childcare setting. And so as a teacher, I want to select books that use a clear, easy to read font. You know, if we think about things like the typewriter A and the typewriter G, those are things that children have to take on an understanding about. But yeah. when I'm specifically going after and teaching for an understanding around concepts of print, I definitely want to pick books that are going to support that. So exaggerated white space in between words to support one-to-one -one matching or one-to-one -one correspondence, that connection between voice and print. Sure. 
text that's consistently placed in the same place from page to page. So they begin to understand that this is where I start. I go this way. And when I turn the page, I'm going to start in the same place. It doesn't mean that eventually, you know, kids won't see text where it starts at the top of the page and continues on a double page spread. And then they have to return to the left page and read from left to right across the bottom. But early on, we want to establish those basic understandings that print works from left to right and top to bottom, left page before right page. So those types of concepts when I'm teaching for those things, I'm definitely looking for text that supports that and maybe slowly introduces one line of print before eventually adding a second or third line. So I know that's well under control before I expect children to return sweep, for example. Awesome. Thank you so much. Such great practical strategies. Is there one thing, one more thing that you'd like to share about concepts of print as we end our conversation today, Cece? I think that's a good question. I think for me, really capitalizing on what children bring to bear on the task is the most important. So in other words, going back to that concept of interactive writing, we can create texts that are meaningful to children and that involve their lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And that is going to help unpack these kind of ambiguous understandings in a way that's much more powerful, I think, for young children and keeps them engaged with the process, even going back to children's names, you know, um, is simple um, sharing of things that, for example, they like. So we can create a chart in the classroom where over the course of a week, children are going to share something about themselves. And that chart starts with the child's name. So Cheryl likes to eat cake, as you said earlier. So then the next child, you know, Cece likes chocolate ice cream, whatever we're going to have children share out, I can build that chart over time. But what they see is, is the child is, is their name, their friends' names, So that is a powerful way to begin to teach these concepts of print through experiences that have meaning to children. I think when we teach skills in isolation void of meaning, you know, it's, it's doubly difficult for children to take those things on. So when we teach things in a discrete, isolated way, void of context, it's harder for children. Mm -hmm. So embedding that into interactive writing creates this kind of meaningful space for me to teach the same things, but to do it in such a way that builds on our classroom community, the shared experiences, uh, and really supports um, those concepts. Well, Cece, this has been just a phenomenal time talking to you. I really think all of your strategies are something that that could be easily implemented in the home as well as in the classroom. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Cheryl. I appreciate being here. Awesome.